Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so we've gone live now. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Now, so we're on live right now. Um, so how's it been? Oh, it's good, man. Just, uh, just hold on a second. All right, just working, man. It never stops, man. It's just nonstop, nonstop uh, grind and hustle and, and and work, man. Just trying to stay on top of everything because I'm I wear all the hats, you know. And uh, in this day and age, you kind of have to if you want to get some get some traction or get anywhere. So okay, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe it, man. So <laughs> okay, I can't well wait to be <laughs> I can't wait to retire. Okay. Well, I mean, um, as I said, this is one of the first times that um, I've had the opportunity to uh, to go live to actually um, show, you know, the the the, the halftime community just how uh, interv <clears throat> interviews are live. Just um, because generally, as I said, I always pre-record and stuff. But I guess one of the things that people who might not be familiar with you, it'd be great to sort of introduce you, sort of your background, where where you're from, and and just sort of your story and then at least there, then we can go from there. Okay. Unscripted. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, my name, my name is St. James, S-A-I-N-T-J-A-I-M-Z, uh, singer, songwriter, producer, um, R&B connoisseur. Um, man, I've been in the game about 30 years. Wow. Um, I got my start in the military singing, uh, and ultimately had an opportunity to sing background vocals for, for R&B singer, Joe, in the early 90s. I've been shopping record deals since I was 18. <laughs> and I, I, I was one of the first artists to really blow up off of CD Baby when, when Derek Sivers was the, was the president of CD Baby back oh, in the yeah, day. I remember the CD Baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like an independent first, work distribution. Yeah, yeah, that was. Wow. Yeah, it first came out as a distributor, man. It was like a big thing. I and mean, they really helped a lot of artists launch a lot of their a lot of careers. And man, Derek Sivers is a good friend of mine to this day. We, we chat on email occasionally, but, um, you know, just really an independent artist, man, in the game. Uh, you know, some dreams never don't come true, you know, in life for you, yeah. but you, but I'm still doing what I love to do uh, on my own terms, uh, utilizing social media and the free open market, which is the internet to promote your, your content, man. So I'm just gonna continue to put out quality music and content the best that I can at the level I can financially afford to do so. Yeah. Because let's be clear, the game is, the music game has totally changed financially. Artists aren't making money that they should be. I mean, the list goes on, but that's pretty much a gist of who I am. But most importantly, um, you know, I'm just the R&B R &B cat, man. Lover of R&B for ride or die for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think, you know, what some of the interesting points that you've made is, um, and since the last time we spoke, I've had an opportunity to speak to two, two other people who have a very similar sort of, um, I won't say advice, but they tend to side with the, the structure that you're going with. And that was Jay King, who was formerly, uh, well, he's not formerly, he's still part of um, Club, Nouveau. Club Nouveau. 
mm-hmm. and um, um, and Matty knows the um, you know from Music World, who's the from uh, dad the the dad of Beyonce, mm-hmm. and they were very both they were both somewhat different from all the artists and guests I've had in the past who have spoken about how the record labels have taken advantage of them. They came from a different attitude. Look, if you sign with a label, they're investing in you. It's almost like getting a loan from a bank. And, exactly. and they dictate the terms because you pretty much have taken the money and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and if you want to go independent, then it, you pretty much finance it yourself and then be, become your own boss. But most people tend to take the easy way out. And when it doesn't work in their favor, then they have the sub story. How have you found it yourself? Um, you know, I think labels are exactly what you said. That, that's been my mantra f- since I really, really reconnected with this independent game is, is to basically, you might as well get a bank loan. Uh, and you're going to, you know, but anyway, either way, you're going to learn, you're going to pay some dues, you're going to learn some lessons. You, you know, some people out there that don't have your best interest in mind with your finance. They don't care about your music. They don't care about your content and what you're trying to do. They try to take care about getting money from you and they will sell you a pipe dream to get it. So you gotta have to go through the pitfalls and hopefully you can meet quality people and learn quickly. See, there's a learning curve for everybody at, in this independent games, more so than the mainstream. Cause in the mainstream, uh, the major labels, they do it all for you, but they mm. still do the same thing. The independent game, you do it for yourself and the risk is still is ultimately yours. And you're gonna have to learn how not to get God in this business or not, how not to be taken advantage of or uh, conned or scammed out of your money. So it's, you know, I'm really trying to put myself in a position to be able to be like a um, consultant in, in a positive way towards these independent artists out here. Cause I've already, I'm paying a lot of the dues that they're going to have to pay later if they don't want to listen. And the biggest problem is getting these artists to listen because it's like anything else. When you've been jaded, damaged, traumatized, it's hard to trust anybody. So you already got your antennas up. As soon as somebody starts talking, you know, <laughs> you get, and so it just, it's so many variables and, and moving parts in this part of the music industry. But everybody, to me, just to put a pin in that and, and leave it at that, I'm going to say this. We're all talking about how horrible the music business is. We all have a horror story. Skeletons, all kind of drama. We, we, we hear it. But no one's doing anything to change it. And to me, I'm just kind of tired of hearing the narrative of how bad the business is. But everybody's still singing, still rapping, still, <laughs> you know, still shooting videos, still uh, promoting. So what are we going to do collectively as a as a collective to change the industry towards the better and more positive direction? I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, uh, but, you know, it's, it's I'm you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, man. Prayer, prayerful and hopeful that that we can all rally around the situation, come together. And in America specifically, our government has to get involved to regulate this industry, because if you think about movies and film, mm. you can't. A movie without you can't make a movie without a sad card, a, mem- a, a union membership, paying some dues, and being you know IDBMs and all that stuff. You have to basically have your stuff together. So why can why can anybody get out of prison and just say I'm a rapper today? I just decide I'm gonna start rapping. I just yeah. decide singing today. And and but but it, and nobody questions it. There's no credentials. <laughs> you don't got to verify it, confirm it. It's crazy. So. Yeah. yeah, but but there's no incentive for the record label to uh, to make any changes because at the end of the day, they invest a little bit, they and then own a lot, and and there are many people who are willing to uh, to go down this route of yep, take all my creativity just for a little cash up front. Um, so 
I don't know who, um, I, I know that the government, you might think about, okay, can't the government get involved, especially for those legacy artists, the fact that, you know, that, you know, signed deals that they weren't um, aware of and have a sort of statute of limitations as to how long somebody can own their creativity. But in the interim, you know, you you want you want this money uh, um, and these are the terms for it and you sign it off. Um, I, I, it's kind of hard to me to, to see why the labels would want to change because it seems to be working for them. Well, you, you good point, and you're absolutely right. And there's going to always be predatory lenders out there. And that's what I call a record label, a predatory lender, because that's basically all they're doing. So we already know what, what that leads to, ultimately a recession, a depression, <laughs> yeah. or a transgression. <laughs> yeah. so, so to me, if you focus, I try not to focus on that. And to me, the only deal that's the only bad deal is the one that you sign. So if people had to, uh, did their homework and research, you know, I got the, I'm, I'm, I'm only speaking specifically about um, African-Americans and, 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 and urban music specifically, because, you know, we thought as a people to, in our country, specifically in America, to be reading, reading and writing was almost a crime. And so now that we have the liberty, liberty and the technology and the, 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 web, the libraries and everything to be able to do so, a lot of us won't pick up a book or do any research, but always complaining about getting taken advantage of. And I think when you think about these contracts, these artists sign, they have opportunity to vet those contracts, legal jargon aside, better than they do. And but in the moment of desperation, a lot of them come from impoverished situations. They barely could feed their family, but barely got food over there in their refrigerators, refrigerators and roof over their head. So they make a de desperate decision and later on regret it. But and I think also when you think about entertainment law, I, I, a lot of lawyers get upset with me. Entertainment lawyers, I don't care because they need to do a better job of protecting the, the artist. So if you're in bed with the label as a lawyer, you're not doing me a favor trying to act like you care about being my entertainment lawyer when you're in bed with the lead labels and, and you guys have a handshake deal on the side for my contract. Yeah. Or you bring artists to me and you, you're their lawyer. A lot of lawyers back in the 90s used to be used to shop deals for, for artists. Mm. And then they, they're cut, kicked back from shopping a deal with the artist for the artist. But then they're in bed with the label so that they know the contract is probably not super, super uh, solid. And they'll 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 tell the artist that it was or it's decent. It's a it's a good it's a good deal. <laughs> Standard, <laughs> right? Depend thinking that the lawyers got their best interest in mind. The lawyers in bed with the label. So until that type of stuff changes, entertainment law to me is a joke. And if you look at the inter entertainment law overall, think about it. The only time that you can get in trouble with the music industry is if you if it's a, for federal copyright infringement. That's the only time you can end up in prison or find yourself in a, some serious civil money money situations negatively. But everything else, people stealing your ideas, stealing your, stealing your tracks, or, or... Oh, I think, yeah. No trouble. Well, I, yeah. I mean, if, if we go back, because the one thing you said early on as you started off is that, you know, that for today's artists, unless you're signed by a label who has a big machine, the ability to earn income is isn't as um, isn't as great today especially since you know you're not reliant you're not uh, you don't have the luxury of people buying cds like we used to i mean even if i wanted to support an artist and bought a cd i have no place to play it even my laptop doesn't have a cd player 
So for today's artist, especially for yourself, because you've invested a lot. Um, if anyone doesn't know, if you look, if you search for St. James on YouTube and see his channel, he's continually putting out uh, quality music, not duets, um, collaborations with other artists. Uh, he even has his dad um, producing some stuff for his dad. Uh, <laughs> but when you're, you're, you're creating all this music, is... And, and you invest in doing some really quality, high quality videos. Do, is there, do you see the revenues coming in for all the hard work you're putting in, or is it more of a promotional vehicle for you? Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a damn good question. Let me just put the word D for emphasis. And I will say this, uh, there's some, there's some income coming in. There is, it's, it's a different type of income. It's not going to be a, a lump sum. The way these these uh, distributors now that's another thing uh, distribution is the biggest problem uh, outside of uh, everything else. I mean, you can do everything else on your own, but distribution is difficult to have as an independent solo. Like you have to damn near go through a third party distributor or a two party distributor, or usually a three three way distribution situation. It could be Universal slash whatever somebody that bought you to Universal and slash you. So you last. So it's your music, it's your product, but you last on the damn totem pole to get the, your name. So it's universal slash whoever you went with plus then you. It's not you, you them, universal. It's just crazy. So distribution is the problem. So what's happening is distri distri distribution companies are giving artists, third-party distribution companies. I'm talking, I don't want to name names, but I just want to, because, you know, I don't want to, you know, incriminate myself in the situation because yeah. once you mention names now that, that they get real sensitive so but when you think about these distri distribution companies on online the, the usual suspects the ones most people go through okay they'll say i'll give you an 85 15 split and that's 85 percent. you get 85 percent of, of all your money or 100 percent, and we just charge you to upload your stuff content uh, per per ep or per single let's say you get you do take off and do millions of streams do you think they're going to say you think they're going to give you 85% of $100,000 if you do 20 million streams, just, you don't know, you, you, you cannot tell, you cannot assume that these artists are not going to get popular or pop off or catch on viral or do something amazing just because they're not signed to a label. So these independent distributors assume that artists aren't going to stream big numbers. And what they find out is later when they do, if I get $10,000 worth of streaming one month, and you only get 15% of that, you, what you want to think? I mean, and, and as I keep doing it, you're going to be like, oh, well, you, so, they, so what they start doing is creating this lie that you're suspicious streaming activity. So let's say you got big numbers in streaming. They'll say, oh, we suspect that your streams are not organic, so we're not going to pay you. So then that whole 10,000 does, you get none of it now because they suspect no proof, no evidence, no analytical data to substantiate their claim. All they have to do is say it's suspicious activity, communicate with Spotify or these other platforms, and they will take your stuff down, blackball you off the, it's, it's gotten really out of hand, man. And then you got on the other side of that, you got people stream, the streaming, you got streaming cur curators taking your money, saying they're going to put you on a certain playlist to get your numbers up. And you have no idea every day what your account's going to be because you're, it's like a, uh, it's like a crapshoot. You, you, you roll the dice, you wait every 24 hours when they update the system to see where your streaming numbers are. And you probably spit 1,500 to 2,000 for six, seven, eight playlists. And then you find, then you might be on the, out of 100 people on the play, songs on the playlist, you might be 90, 85. 
how many times do you think your record is going to get spun or streamed in a 24-hour period if you 85 out of 100 on the list? It's a lot of little stuff going on, and it's getting frustrating. So, But I just push through it, man. I think artists got to promote better. They got to get more aggressive with their content. You can't settle for what you think you, that's dope this month, this month and last month or six months ago. You got to constantly work on your logos, work on your graphics. Your website's got to be polished. It's a consistent thing because it's not even about, um, the, it's not about getting viral or a bunch of people like you. It's that people will respect you when they see something worth respecting. Mm. I'm going to say that again. People will respect what you do when they see something worth respecting. Unfortunately, when you're starting out and you're not polished, people are going to say, okay, you know, he's cool, but he needs need to work on that. He needs to work on that. He needs to keep getting better at that. And so as you continue to get gr- grind and thrive and get better, you'll start seeing attraction happen. It's a, it's a consistent grind, man, and you have to be committed to it. I mean, I mean so much to it, man, just so much. Wow. I mean, so... <sighs> You know, we, we have we have people like Chance the Rapper being a sort of a poster boy for independent artists who who have made it big. Um, and then we think oh, if he could do it, how come everyone else can't? I don't think that. Listen to me. I, I, I think I look at hip hop as a as a genre right now. It is the number one selling genre in the plant on the planet. And it's just what it is, because. I, I don't really want to get too too political or into that part of it, but I think it's got some. I think it's racially, uh, it's racially motivated. I think like anything else, and I don't know about in your country, but I'm sure you guys go through it too. I've seen glimpses of your guys' race racism discrimination experiences in England, mm-hmm. but I know in America, man, why would the a multi billion dollar industry not have racial discrimination undertone and disparity and it's incredible that we think because we sing we rap we dance whatever we make visuals that people that racism isn't the motivating factor because it, it, let's 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 call it what it is this is all about money it may be about art to you and music to you and my stuff and my music but it's money to everybody else analytics and then nowadays because of the tech digital age it's it's more about analytics than it is about the quality of the music that's why it doesn't matter how good or how bad the record is it matters the numbers. So like in the NBA or in American sports, a lot of those guys that are behind the scenes are more worried about the, the percentage of how often you shoot this shot is the three going to go in versus are you a good basketball player or are you a, any sound quality player? They care about your numbers. It's all statistically driven. The same thing with the music industry. So I don't know why people are shocked when uh Hip hop is doing well because of the money that's been being generated off of the off of the hip hop genre. I mean, it's easy to to show love to people if, if you're focusing on these rap music and this and in black in black America when you listen to a lot of hip hop today they're not talking about anything but you know uh, misogynistic over undertones overtones mm-hmm. uh, sexuality and crim, criminal criminalizing situations and criminal things and, and negativity so. If that's selling, making billions of dollars for the industry, why would they not promote that more than somebody talking about love? They ain't going yeah. to. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Donnell, uh, when I had him on uh, a few weeks ago, said the same thing that they um, if he saw the shift and almost felt as if there was a, there was an agenda like, you know, what, let us take. And even Tank has said it recently that, <laughs> you know, that if the black community are singing about love, they'd rather silence that promote love in any oh. other com- community um or push the negativity 
that mm-hmm. is spewed out um, uh, through through hip hop, and I guess yeah. that's you know a lot of us would look and think on our R and B that was so dominant in the eighties and and the nineties, it just seemed to have been eroded towards the late nineties, early two thousands, where hip hop who used to feature on an album became the main act and then the R&B acts had to feature in there. But the undertone as to what they're singing about started to change. And that became the direction in which, in which they're, they're going. And I can then imagine if, if you like any R&B artists who are singing and creating music that promotes love and, and, um, and positivity sort of doesn't have a platform in order to express yourself. Mm. Well, I know, I, listen, I think we all, we, with the invent of the internet, we all have a platform. The question is, how much are you willing to invest in that platform? How consistent are you willing to be with that platform? And how do you deal with, with uh, criticism? Uh, how well do you deal with, no, with, no, with minimal traction? Uh, because the average person isn't going to click, like, or subscribe. They're just not going to do it for whatever reason. So how do you get past that when you only got two views on the record, you know, something you know is super good or you think is super good? <laughs> how do you, do you keep keep posting? Do you, do you get discouraged? Do you stop? I mean, yeah, I get it. But I think that's, we all have a platform. What you gonna do with your platform? Are you gonna invest in it? Take the time to build it. Uh, don't take it too serious. Cause I love this stuff, but not to the point where it's gonna make or break me. I can, I can put this all down and get back to a really happy, blessed life. Cause I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hustler and a grinder and work hard, military, mm-hmm. ex-military. So whether I do this or not doesn't make or break me. However, I love what I'm doing. And I just, you know, and I love when people reach out and tell me that the song that I just put out or the music that I'm making is inspiring them or in- impacting their lives in a positive way. To me, at this point, I'm 54, 55 years old. I'm, I'm really, I'm not trying to be a superstar. I ain't looking for fame. Not doing it, for, can't be doing it for the money because I because I'd be homeless if I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be doing it for the love of the music, man, and, and the genre that I so love so much R and B, man. Just, I'm gonna keep on doing it for as long as I can stomach it. But I gotta tell you, man, there's some days I just want to. I'm like Marvin Gaye, make me want to holler, throw up both my hands, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it is strange. This is probably probably the first time as you were talking. It just hit me. There are a number of different channels who um, who, 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 who do interviews or who, who have stuff. Um, and, and, and they seem to be a lot more, they get, a, they get the analytics or somehow get pushed quite a bit. Channels that can talk about um, uh, more gossip sites, you know, talk mm-hmm. about, oh, did you know about this? And look at the drama here. And, and, I, and I never even know, understood why, they, you know, they could release a video and 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 it, it, the channel YouTube will push that content far wider. Um, but then a few that focus on just listening and talking to positivity tend to have to fight to, to try and weave through. And but I, I never understood. I just kept doing it. But as we were talking, I can and now I can start to see how if. I started to switch and I focused on the negativity and I started to focus on, did you realize that, uh, you know, that he stole money from this person and, and had those type of headlines and stuff. I might start seeing a massive spike in how many people are accessing the, the videos. And, and as I said, and, and, you know, and which is unfortunate and which is like, wow, you know, even I am not a recording artist. 
but I can start to see how content that pushes and looks at positivity has doesn't get the same type of automatic push. And I don't know if this is an agenda or if it's just uh, the fact that people are looking for more of the gossip stuff. And so well, they might as well push that instead. I think people are, we deal, we're living in a mis- time of misery. So I think that people are, you know, not, not everybody, but a, a great percentage of, uh, across the world after COVID, man, the last three years have been really challenging for so many people from the quarantine phase to the lockdown phase yeah. to the vaccination phase to the variant phase. <laughs> and now we got monkeypox all over the damn place showing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's just amazing. So I, we kind of have to give ourselves Uh, a mental and emotional uh, reprieve, not so much as a past. There's no excuse for for violence and violating other people. But I do think people are mentally, that stuff is traumatic, man. And people went to, people lost loved ones, couldn't go to funerals, couldn't go to graduations, missed so much major milestones in people's, in their loved ones' lives and stuff. And then people are, and then interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, marriages, uh, been been going through hell, man, since this situation. So if you Mm -hmm. can't deal with own stuff how you gonna deal with your family and it gets crazy so i think all of that combined music is the the soothing balm if you will for all that ails the savage beast and so misery loves company and when misery loves company why would people want to hear something positive when they're miserable this they love the negative because they're 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 in a negative space so i think that's human nature uh to gravitate to remember back in the day when you know, they they were back in I mean, uh, the civil rights movement and Jim Crow, man, they were lynching people that, that people would come from miles just to see somebody be hung. Really? Wow. That, that's misery. People love that negative because half of those people were poor white trash, uh, racist, poor white trash Americans, man, that were watching like the carnival, man, a spectacle, watching young black men being lynched and hung from trees and, and gallows and stuff, man. So to me, it doesn't surprise me. I get it. The only thing I want to do is try to keep making positive music and get in, in reaching one person at a time. If you think about it one person at a time versus trying to be loved by the world, I think you can, you can change your perspective and then you won't be so disappointed and hurt all the time because you're not looking. Back in the day, we wanted to be superstars and Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey's and Michael Jackson's. And, and now you just got to be glad that people even listening to you, liking your stuff, commenting on you and streaming your music and just be grateful that you can, that, and, and that you can do it. That's yeah. it. I mean, with yourself, are you, because t- I see a, a lot of the, the, the visuals for the new videos you do and the collaborations, but are you touring, a, 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 you know, because m- most of the artists, for especially the 90s artists, they, they aren't investing in making new music, but they are touring quite a bit and, and getting their revenues from there. What's it like for you? Well, I haven't done any live situations. I got some opportunities coming. People definitely want to book me, but I am not. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. So if I haven't, I'm Motown. I'm, I'm, take yourself back to the Motown review day. Them boys didn't get on that bus without no rehearsal time. They wasn't just getting on the bus, go singing. See, singers want to sing the thing. Once you record a record, you then got to go back and learn the record that you just recorded in order to sing it live. So a mm-hmm. lot of artists are going to the studio, make this really so, super record. Don't practice nothing. Go get right thrown out on the stage with a backing track and you hear the pitchiness. It don't sound the same because they haven't put invested the time to rehearse. I am not getting on the stage and embarrassing myself without rehearsal. So unless I can get my band tight, 
my background singer and my whole show organized right with the right. I, it's a lot to just doing show. Just don't start singing places just because somebody want to hear you sing. Because mm. you get one chance to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just take my, I'm taking my time. I'm putting together, putting together, together properly. So when I get on the show, I do my first couple of shows, the, let, the, let the floodgates open to get booked because I'm trying to work. So I'm putting that together now. But in the meantime, I'm a recording artist first, a live performer second. A lot of people are live performers first, recording mm. artists second. So I'm a, I'm a natural born recording artist. So I'm going to the studio and lay some really good records. I can kill it live too, but live takes more rehearsal time, more, more, more practice and more, you know, putting, you know, you got to really focus on that because people come to your show, they want to hear that record. They want to hear you kill it. And if you haven't had the right amount of time to practice, man, you're not going to, you're going to embarrass yourself. And I'm seeing that even with artists that are seasoned, they're going on the road, they're doing these shows. I'm watching them out there. And they're sweating, they're, bust, they're busting their tails, man. They're working extra hard for a little to no, no kind of money, man. And that I ain't willing to do either. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, some of, as I said, some of 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 a uh, big R and B uh, artists from the nineties, they you know, they're constantly on the mm-hmm. road, and it just seems as if yes, they are making more by doing those shows compared to, you know, the the, the side that you are doing, which is becoming a recording artist, putting a lot of work, money in making really good videos, recording really solid songs, sounds really great. But then they seem to like, you know, it actually it pays better doing this live shows, um, even with a backing track, as opposed to even having to pay for a band. Yeah, but, but it, how did you make that decision to, 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 to not take the, I won't say the easy route, but the route that, that seems to be a little bit more stable? Because nobody knows who I am on the road yet. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So to me, it's, a, it's not a good business move. So I already got a niche as a recording artist. So I'm, 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 I'm going to continue to build that. And when it's time for me to do, to, so then when I step away from all this music, I'm, I got, then you did, listen, think about it. When I get done putting all this, these records out, by then going back to sing them live, people can go back to what I did, record it and be like, it's there versus, I'm on the road singing the same six songs because I don't got nothing else. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, then I'm, but when I do a show, I got, I got 30, 40, 50 records to choose from what I want to sing on in any given set. Now I got to do the same records every night, depending on what I want to do. So I got a plan, but, but most importantly, those guys have names. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm Drew Hill, I can see sing sleeping in my six of my old records from the nineties and, and, and get off stage and go home. Yeah. Don't got to worry about nothing new. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and those guys out there doing it, I, I see them all the time. Rough Ends, uh, Donnell Jones, uh, Men at Large, all my guys, man. Uh, I love them all, man. Them, the, the tank, all of them killing the game in that regard. Joe, even, you know, they all out there still working. When you have that name in our, my age group, you can, it's just the money's, the, any kind of income is out there for you because you have previous history. And so that helps you. I go out there on the road, nobody knows who I am. They go, who's this dude? <laughs> so it wouldn't be smart until I build myself okay. now i've been asked to go on the road with quite a few a couple couple of um our artists out there that's doing their thing out there uh independently but have a famous name and i wasn't prepared and, and I'm, I'm always transparent about that kind of stuff uh i had to get my writer ready the writer is what all the amenities and the things you require when you go on the road and do shows and touring if those don't know what a writer is you gotta have a writer and insurance liability insurance to protect yourself out there on the road and fall off the stage even though the 
the, the promoter typically or the venue typically does, but I want my own too. And that, that costs money and takes, you got to find the right company to back you. So uh, liability wise, it's just a lot of things that go into doing tours, not just putting on a nice shirt and slacks and getting up there with a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how, what's, um, I mean, what is your plan with the, you know, are you continually just focusing on singles upon singles? Or do you ever then consider, let me put up an, an EP? Or is it in this day and age, is it even worth putting an album or an EP together or, or just having singles? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going against the grain. The good thing about being an independent artist, I can do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it within the realm of the situation. So for me, I put out a lot of singles already. I did an EP of a cover record, Throwback to Covers Volume 1, now has about 14, almost 15 million streams. Or, uh, and the um, and I have a volume two coming before Christmas. So between now and Christmas, I'm putting out all original St. James material. Now y'all heard me do cover tone, cover record, remakes, derivative change covers, whatever you want to call them. But now between now and Christmas, you're gonna hear nothing but original St. James and team produced R&B records. So the first one off out the off the presses is my latest single. It's called "You Should Have Told Me." Um, almost at a million streams in five days. Thank you. I'm just about that. So, but the new project is called the R&B Remedy because St. James presents the R&B Remedy. And basically I got some, I'm going to do six songs. So I'm putting all six songs out individually. Then I'm coming back with a, with a different cover and I'm, that's called the R&B Remedy. So each single have its cover and yeah. then I'm having with just all six songs on it as the EP. So I'm going to put the EP out after I drop each single independent individually first. And then come back with a collector's. Uh, now I'm gonna get game real quick. CDs may not be popular, but every vehicle around the world now comes with USB ports. Yeah. So, so artists can now go buy and purchase you credit card size USB thumb drive drives, and you can put your music on there, put your logo on the, uh, have your logo printed on the thumb on the on a credit card drive, and sell that with a T-shirt and merchandise it. And then you can it's like selling CDs all over again. That's the new future for me I, I believe how you can put your music on a thumb on a credit card thumb drive and sell it for whatever marketable price you want to with your brand and your image on it and your you can maybe package it with a t-shirt or some kind of other merchandise and people will support you and buy it but are they getting it through the website or are they getting this if we talk venues for in your in your case well, they'll probably get it from my official website. I suggest all artists start really channeling people towards your official website. It's a hard thing to do because people are just creatures of havoc. They love the, the, the usual suspects going to the streaming platforms. They love going to social media platform. Going to your website, for the most part, is a different. People just act like they just cannot type in that website. And, and it's just, you know, here it is, you know, your phone, your hand, just type on it, you know. So, but if you're an independent artist, you want people to go to your website for your content and your stuff more so than anything else. So, um, yeah, probably still at my website. I got a, a St. James Apparel page, a merchandise page. So uh, never limit yourself. You know, I have different options for where they can get the merchandise or the or, or the uh, music. So working at all, all angles, man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and now I've seen you have um, uh, various collaborations. Um these artists that you collaborate with, um, are these ones who are independent on them by themselves as well? Or are they signed with you? Or, or what's the um, the relationship? Uh, combinations. I have a couple of artists that are signed to me uh, as a partnership. I don't believe in signing artists in terms of a dictatorship and a label, a deal. 
it's more of a partnership agreement where I'm I'm a I'm a CEO of my independent label, Household Name Entertainment, and so uh, I, what I try to do is partner with these with these artists independently. So if I figured out some things and I got some some connections and opportunity to help you get where you need to be, or at least give you traction, and then you partner with me, I 50, 50 we 50, 50 the cost of making the record or the project, and then. And then we distribute it, we put it out, we recoup 50-50 back. So to me, that's the best way. Artists are, you maintain a level of uh, ownership of your stuff. I know labels kind of say they do that, but they really don't do that. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm, but, but it, it wouldn't be smart business to not protect yourself and have, and have an investment uh, risk, you know, or, or return on your investment and, and understand the risk. So, you know, I just try to do that. So these artists are typically just kind of, partnered with me and I got a, I got a, a, a my own little independent little machine I'm, I'm putting together of how to get stuff done they see the traction they see what I'm doing they're like okay and we just work together like my my newest artist I'm working with is Jay Chosen I know you probably heard of Jay yeah, Chosen yes yes yeah I did a, a four song EP with Jay Chosen uh and it's really got some really great records on it uh we shot three videos and waiting on a couple other things, then we're going to be, I'm going to be putting St. James Presents. So when you see St. James Presents or St. James featuring, I may or may not be vocally on the record, but if my name is on it, I either produced it, co-wrote it, or I'm executive over and putting it out. So I'm doing a Quincy Jones type thing for independent artists that I meet. And it's all I'm just trying to, you know, keep it going, man. Yeah. I mean, so somebody like with Jay Chosen, who, um, you know, I've, I've had on the show, probably one of my first early guests, what do you expect from someone like him uh, as to try and because some people might not might say, oh, it was the guy on the voice. But but because it's quite been some time, how would you then sort of use his past, his voice and his presence to try and push him? Well, everything that you have is content. I don't care how old it is or how fresh it is. If someone's never like if people don't remember 24 to 48 hours news cycle or social media cycle, what you did, unless they go back looking. So use what you have. So I'm definitely going to incorporate his voice uh, experience and what he, what he went through with the voice and all, all good, what he, what he could do, what he, what he loved about it, what he would do differently and blah, 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 as to my advantage in terms of content and branding him mm -hmm. uh, as far as what I'm doing, the project that I'm putting together. He's, a, he's, still, a, he's still an independent artist. He's still a free agent. Him and he got a manager. He, got some, he has a manager. And other than that, there's, He's still his own man in this business. I will never try to take away someone's exclusivity or rights to do what they want to do. Yeah. But when the project I'm invested in and I'm involved in with him, this is the direction I want to take it. I think it'll help you get where you want to be or at least get you some traction to the next level. See, his thing is he sings, he's, he doesn't have enough original material to sing when he's on the road. Now, he does a lot of shows, but he's having to sing a lot of cover records and a couple of his own. Now I give him four more options of original music to now sing when he starts getting booked for shows. And these are dope records when you, and once he, people see that they're out and streaming and doing well, then he'll get booked better because he's not just singing other people's songs. He's now singing Jay Chosen records. It doesn't matter if I produce them or not. Mm. And that's all helped the brother. He's a really good dude. And I'm excited about this project. It's called The Chosen One. Wow. Uh, St. James presents Jay Chosen, The Chosen One. And wow. we got some really, Four, four beautiful, dope R&B records, and stay tuned for that. So, yeah, man, it doesn't yeah. stop. There, there is a lady that you've done a number of good duets with who, when I look at it, I, I seem to, she reminds me of <laughs> Gabrielle Union. 
Um, is it um, Sinead? Sinead, yes. What's the relationship with 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 her? Uh, me and Sinead, uh, unfortunately, we're not cool any longer. Some politics go on behind mm. the scenes when you deal with people. Um, you know, people make their choice. This business is is cutthroat, as you know, and can be very uh, no loyalty. So, uh, you know, if if somebody comes along and wants to you know, talk, Sineza was a free agent. She wasn't my artist. We were just like, she's like little sis, I'm big bro. And we love music and she's talented. And I just, she gave, you know, I, I took on, on the records we did together. Sine was basically hired to sing on those records. She wasn't, it was no uh, contract. It, I mean, we was an agreement and work for hire. And then she, I paid her what she wanted to sing on the songs. She got paid. I got the ownership of the vocals and the rights to her voice and her likeness when we shot videos. And she was free to do what she wanted to do. But when people come behind your back and try to steal an artist from you that's not even your artist, and then the artist doesn't have the uh, respect for all you did for them, you know, because that plat those two songs put her in a position where people were paying attention and noticed her a lot more than before. And then you end up working with someone else and you don't tell me that I got to hear about it on the internet. And behind my back, it just felt it's kind of I'm, I'm putting I'm, I'm very transparent. So it's not you don't hear me di- being belittling the young lady. What I'm saying is that the lack of uh, maturity was unacceptable. So with that being said, you know, she's on those records, but them are St. James Productions. And I'm going to keep it at that. OK, OK. Um, there's another stuff with your dad, you know, always reminds me of Ron Isley. What's <laughs> uh, yeah, what is the situation uh, which which your dad and and, and the oh, music pops is uh, pops is seventy eight now. He's a year older, but more spry and 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 feisty than he was last year. <laughs> He's just to get ready. We we shoot pops video next next Friday or Thursday or Friday the twenty fourth. I believe I forgot what date it is, but yeah, we shoot the video next Thursday. I believe uh, it's called uh, technology. You know, being older as you get older, you get more nervous and insecure about all the advances in technology from smartphones to, to devices and technology and stuff. So we did a really funky uh, West Coast swag type record with Pops. It's killer. It's called Technology. Wait till you hear this record. And we shoot the video. I can't wait. So Pops is anxious to get his music out as he gets older because he wants to leave a legacy and a catalog yeah. behind when he's out of here. So, but, you know, shit, he, he might outlive all of us. Yeah. <laughs> My grandmama lived to be 104, so... <laughs> I mean, it, you know, and 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 as I said, there's there's any you know anyone that's that's watching. I do encourage you to, uh, if you're on YouTube, just search for Saint James, see his YouTube channel, um, and see the quality music that he's constantly putting out. It is, um, you know, it is a very much a throwback to what you enjoyed if you're very if you're somebody who loves '90s and '80s um, R&B. Um, even his dad called Pops, you know, if he, he, as I said, he reminds me of Ron Isley. He has that type of, of vibe. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I said, but, I, and, and I think the, the, the thing that, that really gets me is that you, you, you know, and I remember when you did the first remix and you did the, the Bobby Brown Rock With You. Rock. Was it Rock With You? Rock, yeah. Yeah, yeah did, did the Rock With You and you did... Um, it wasn't, it, was it um, Shalomar? Did you, it wasn't a Shalomar. Uh, that was for the Mama song, the, for the Mama's record. That was, that Shalomar vibe for, for the Mama. Yeah. Ma- you talking about Bernard Wright, Who Do You Love? Or which yes. One did you talk- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, it was. So, I mean, so I like the fact that you're mixing, um, you do the re- the covers, but you do, you do, you give it a, 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 
a turn um you um you changed it up a little bit mm-hmm. but also the fact that you um continually put out your own stuff that you that you write and you're still staying in a lane which i still wonder why a lot of our r&b acts that we're very familiar with don't seem to stay in that they tend to say the music that was that people to love and 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 appreciate why don't we continue going back and and do that why do we need to try and be a twitch what drake is doing and try and tap into a young artist that doesn't seem to relate to that so what has made you stay consistently doing the type of army that we grew up with and not feel like okay i need to do some trap music type of army I made a. You can trap your. You all. Tra- you can trap your. Uh, your record in terms of the, the hi hats and all that stuff, and you know, and give it that trap production inside the music. But you got to stay true to the essence and the core essence of R and B. And so, uh, the reason why I do that is because I've already test marketed my music. I know that my demographic is not eighteen to 30, 30 years old. It's not ideally so. Why am I going to try to make records for anyone 18 to 30, 30 years old if they don't, that's not their thing. So they can't even relate to what I'm talking about. They, they, yeah. That's not all it's over their head or it's beneath them in their mindset. So why, why would I insult myself by trying to reach an age or demographic that doesn't even appreciate me as a grown man? So I'm going to go towards the people, to, towards the age group that I believe will support what I do. And that's 35 and up. So they don't want to hear trap so i mean it's cool they have they love they like elements of it and it, some songs a hit is a hit regardless if it's trap r&b pop rock classic or a country but a sound creating a sound is most important what's, what's been most important to me is creating a sound i have my own unique sound yes it's reminiscent of the 90s yes it's reminiscent of the 80s even some early 2000s stuff but it's my own unique signature and i don't sound like anybody else out there you can try to match me who who name a name of artists I sound like? I mean, I I heard the the Avants and the different Donnell Jones and stuff and Eric Benet and stuff. But but overall, you cannot compare me to anybody. I got my own style. That comes from years of being rejected, doors <laughs> big doors, big doors closed in your face. Yeah. Uh, go back to the drawing board, redoing stuff until you just and I just now I just leave the stuff out there and I love love what I do without looking to be loved by the world. I think we still a lot of people that's my age that are still doing the new, that they're, that are trying to do the new music. Yeah. They're, they're still stuck in the old industry way of thinking that this, everybody in the world is going to like your stuff. Even the young kids. I don't want the young kids. Let's be clear. The young kids, they may have money or can obtain money, but the, but the mama got a 401k. The daddy got a retirement account. Dad got money in the bank. Dad buy, pays the mortgage. You don't pay the mortgage. So <laughs> And, and mom and dad go to concerts and travel and fly out of the country. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are the people I want to support my music. And if I get some young people along the way and they drip and drop, drip and drop along the way, so be it. But my goal is to reach my age group specific to the sound that I create. Yeah. I mean, for anyone who's joining now, so this is um, Halftime Chat with St. James, who is uh, an independent artist and who I've had on the show um, a, a, about a year ago. This is the first time that we've actually going live. So um, in the past, I would normally pre-record an interview with them and, and premiere it. But this time we're actually going live with, with, with this interview. And, and as I said, if, any, if anyone hasn't heard his music, please just search on YouTube um, or even go to his website. But search on YouTube, St. James, 
and and he he is if you're really in love with 80s and 90s R&B, St James continuously makes that type of music and um, and he invests a lot in his craft. You know, this is something that we don't see with some of our even our our, our 90s R&B acts that we were very familiar with when they're mm. making music today it's pretty much almost like a rush job quickly record stuff so we can just use that to say that we're still around but St. Right. James to him it, it is like a craft and he takes his time and puts out quality stuff so please check out his stuff you know follow him on on, on YouTube and all other services and 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 you just let us know what you you, you think um of him um and you know a little bit of your story because people might not remember. So you were you were in the military. Um, I think mm -hmm. we were stationed in Germany. Yes, sir. You were stationed in Germany, and then you you had an opportunity to audition on the Apollo, and mm -hmm. um, so you flew from Germany uh, for the for the audition on the Apollo. Do you want do you want to just share that, share that story because it was a good one. <laughs> memory yeah flew from uh, flew, we flew from germany my group singing group everybody in the 90s was a group you know silk shy boys and men jodis i was killing the game drew Hill, all them cats so uh yeah so we flew to germany i mean flew from from germany to new york apollo one year didn't win the apollo but we didn't get booed which is essential to amateur night so <laughs> we were happy about not getting booed because we wouldn't boo you get booed that's an embarrassing to come all the way from germany boo you could have stayed in germany for that so uh, and then we were disappointed, nonetheless, for not winning. We end up in the uh, train station in the, inside Times Square. We were headed out back to our place we were staying. Next thing you know, we're singing. We start harmonizing on the escalator. Someone heard us call Joe's management. They called, contacted us. We auditioned. We got background. We start singing back. We got the background gig for just singing for Joe's first project. Wow. And. Yeah, you know, and and you, you know, and it, and I know you you're knocking on doors. I mean, what, tell the story about uh, getting up to Diddy's office. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I shopped a lot of record deals in the, uh, probably 2004. I want to say it was Blizzard in New York. I mean, 20, 20 something man, crazy crazy amounts of snow. So we, we it was just like so. I'm in there. Uh, me and my former manager at the time, close friend and manager at the time, we were like, he, he knew a lot more than me. So I was just the artist. He was like really leading me and I was just following. So we was, we got into some big, big label doors. Man, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. But we ended up going up to uh, Bad Boy Records at the time. And I think that's when New Edition had just signed to Diddy. Oh, yes. Hot tonight. <laughs> was back. Yeah, they had just signed their deal with, with Bad Boy at the time. And so... Me and my boy went up, we uh, went to the front desk. And back in those days, they, you were told to not take no for an answer. Beat down doors. <laughs> here's my demo. You know, here's my demo. You know, you know, you didn't get, if you see somebody coming out there, fame, hey, hey, you know, you just attack them. So we did. We, so we went to the front desk. I was like, this is St. St. James. Uh, I got a meeting with Sean. I didn't call him Puppy or Diddy. I said, Sean. He was like, you got a meeting. I said, I got a meeting with Sean Cohn. He said, what, who should I tell him's here? I said, St. James and the management. And so, they took they took my name, called up there. Let, they led us up to the elevator. We got to the penthouse, to the top, <laughs> right there in Sean's office area in the lobby, man. And three, four big Muslim brothers, man, with bow ties. <laughs> 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 these brothers, I'm talking. These are these are Al Salam Alaikum brothers. These are big boys. <laughs> my brother, no, no, no. These brothers, man. 
did not let us get off the elevator. They said, uh, Sean doesn't know you, bro. I was like, come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm a, I'm a starving artist. I'm, I'm, I'm pointy bad, man. I, I was told you got to push past the nonsense to get to it, man. So what's up? Can, can I get an opportunity to meet Sean? Here's my, I got my demo. I got my CD, whatever. Can I sit in the boom room and play a couple of records? Them brothers turned us around. Them big boys turned us around like bodyguards and pushed us into the elevator. So, you know, I don't know if you saw the, the movie, I'm Going to Get You, Sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember the two guys was like, they thought they was a striving artist and wanted to be famous. So it was like the window or the stairs. They <laughs> <laughs> would come out the window or toss them down the stairs when they were getting the rejection. So we was like, window or the stairs? We ain't scared. We ain't scared. <laughs> oh, so they took the elevator and took us down. I was so mad. I, I started saying, I said, you need a stick to making clothes. You need a stick to making clothes because you ain't no hit biggie. You know what I mean? I just went in. My boy was mad, but. I just, I went outside and said, I'm not about to chase this cat. This cat ain't, I'm good. And then those are the type of things you go through when back in those days when you could go to actual labels, man. You're going to get get rejection or you're going to get an opportunity. So it was funny. Did you ever get to see Clive Davis? Or, or... I never got to see Clive directly, but I did get in the J Records. I got a chance to meet uh, somebody close to him. Um, his I guess his head VP person. I can't remember who it was. Kelly Mack or somebody at the time. Um, I did get to meet Ruben Stutter when he had first won the American Idol. I was just shopping a deal that day. I was there when Rod Stewart walked out of there with that $10 million deal with Jay Records for that uh, album of um, cover records he did. Remember he did? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Rod Stewart came out there with the rock star hands up. He was like, F, yeah, he was happy, man. Came out that side, inked that deal. And that record went on to sell millions of copies. So I was there the day he inked that deal. Uh, the day Clay Aiken had got off the elevator acting like he didn't know anybody. You know, he's like, what's up, Clay? Congratulations. And he was like, he walked by us like, you know, like, excuse me. Did you not just hear us? Thank you, brother. Don't <laughs> we, we called him out on it. He was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just really tired. I was like, well, you're tired, but you don't act like people that just say hello to you and, and show you some love, man. You're going to need <laughs> But I mean, you just see it's just regular people, man. Moody, indifferent, like anything else, tired. And, you know, and yeah. a lot of times it's, 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 it's a facade, man. This whole industry can be a lot of facade and fluffing and, and smoking mirrors, man. Real talk. Yeah, you know, as I said, I've, I've you know, I've had the privilege of, of, of being able <laughs> to speak to oh, you know, about a hundred, about you know, 50, 60, 70 different artists, and you know, when they don't have the machine of the industry behind them, they are more down to earth. They're more like, okay, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> it's it, 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 it's. Back then, you know, we had all this in our ear, but we didn't realize that yeah. we went make there was someone else was taking all our stuff, and and mm. it is heartbreaking that you know you trust the people you're, you're writing. They say, yeah, we'll put your name on the credits, but when you're actually not taking any money home and stuff, so um, you've 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 decided you know to do it your way, the hard the hard way, um, and um, and I don't I don't know if you saw Jay King talk about. You have to do your homework. You have to research. You have to invest in yourself instead of having somebody else invest in you and taking ownership of that. So just as we, we get ready to wrap up, what advice would you give aspiring um, recording artists um, who are looking to get into the game, um, looking to get signed, looking to get that big check and uh, instead of doing what you're doing? I think they're going to have to really be more polished than they they are. And with, with the lack of artist development in the industry, anybody, you know, back in the day, artists were developed. So when you came in raw, talented, you were very raw and rugged and 
rough around the edges. You had a stylist, a designer, you had vocal coach, you had, uh, you know, uh, you know, engineers, you had writers and people that would develop you until you became more and more polished. And you saw Mary J. Blige go from just very raw to like, look at her now, like, kill. I mean, she's just fucking, excuse me, she's just amazing. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking amazing. I'm just going to say it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about Mary's journey, she didn't start out the queen of soul. You know, she, I mean, of R&B soul. She didn't, uh, of hip hop soul, whatever. She, 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 that's what Rita Franklin, my bad. Uh, the queen of hip hop soul. Mary J. Blige uh, and, and a lot of other artists work, polish themselves. So these artists have to get polished. It's a lot of work involved in that. And you got to get a good team. You can't do this alone as much as you think you can. You're, you're only as dope as a team around you of people that tell you, tell you what you need to work on and give you the truth. It's like anything else. Uh, so, and most importantly, if you're looking for a major deal, be prepared to give up something a lot in order to get it. If you're willing to do it on your own, surround yourself with a good team, take out a bank loan, learn the system, wow. learn all the ins and outs between radio, uh, promotions and marketing and, um, and distribution. And if you, and once you do all of that, be prepared to, for your learning curve to kick you in your behind for a while until you master it. And then once your attitude changes about what you expect, then the real traction and uh, journey of, of your musical career can begin. As long as you're stuck in the whole perception that the world's going to love you and everybody's going to like what you do, you're really going to find yourself struggling. So I, I have been, if any advice I can give you, just kind of be, be patient, humble yourself in that regard and learn the lessons and learn to listen to somebody that's been there doing it already or have done it. Yeah. It's a lot. No really quick cut answer to it, man, because there's so many layers, so much to do to be an artist, man, and do, to, to do all of this. So it's no cut, no three, four words to say. It's like so much crap that you got to filter through in order just to, man, if you knew all the stuff I put up with just to get to where I'm at, just to get to you today, you know, just to talk to you today, you don't know what kind of stuff I done dealt with on the phone and what kind of crap I done put up with prior to 2, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time interview I got. But I'm here, I'm on time. And I'm giving give you my honest, best, and transparency. So that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, you've 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 done it for done it. You're here the hard way. You've worked and you've crafted. Do you run master classes to how to get in the music industry that for people to 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 to, to join in or? Or yeah, you... yeah, I give it free, man. I, I, listen to me. This game is to be told, not sold. <laughs> okay, Mister Master. You I'm just, it's to be told, not so. I believe that this is information that every artist should be given by other artists, especially black, young black artists and black men. We are, as a people, uh, we all trying to make money. We all got families to feed. We all have overhead and we all need to eat and, and all that, I get all that. But some of this stuff that we're charging artists to do, they should, it should be a crime to charge them because it should be free information. And it's up to the artist to apply it. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not trying to monetize something that I wish somebody had to share with me when I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know and ignorance, like they'll tell you in a court of law, ignorance of the law does not excuse the consequences for, for not knowing. So just because you don't know what's going on in the business doesn't mean that you get to get excuses or you'll get a pass because you didn't do your research. And as Jay King said, do your research and invest yeah. in yourself. And, and then, oh, you know, you mentioned that you are, you do fifth, um, you do partnerships with, um, mm -hmm. are, are you, if, if you recognize somebody who has um, a talent, 
do you look to go and do partnerships where you know if they if they approach you is, is that something that they can come to you and say uh, for for partnerships and, and and working together absolutely i'm open to anybody willing to partnership and listen and when i say listen it's because somebody's got to be in charge that's just that's just kind of the way it is you can still be in charge but if you can do it by yourself, you wouldn't need a partner. So if you got a partner that's that's you know older, a little more experienced, got a lot more going on, has been through some things, it's not that I'm telling you what to do, it's I'm instructing you because I've already made those mistakes. And that therefore that puts me at a, at a leverage, a different leverage of the situation. And if you're caught in your ego, you're gonna see it that way. If you really care about getting out there, getting some traction, getting uh, respect or your music being appreciated, then you have to listen to someone that's already doing what you're trying to do. That's all. And good luck with that because the average artist is not, is really egotistical. And it's unfortunate because people tell you you're awesome, you're great, you're this wonderful person, you're this super dope, talented person. And that's what motivates you to continue to, 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 to do it more than the art itself. And so ego is not going to be eliminated from the industry when people put you on a pedal stool, mm-hmm. but then get people standing on it. They'll tell you, oh, you're arrogant or you're this. But you just told me I'm awesome. I'm great and all these wonderful things about me. I'm not supposed to accept that as the truth and stand on the pedal stool. It doesn't mean that I want to be on there, but you just put me up there. Now you want to tell me not to stand on it, acknowledge that I'm standing on it. I have to know where my footing is. So when I talk, when people come at me about this whole same James thing, I'm I'm taking with a grain of salt. I understand at this point in my life that you're only as good as the, 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 the next best record. You're only as good as how people perceive you to be and the minute you tell people no to something you're nothing it's just how people are you tell yeah. them yes 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 they love you you tell them no 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 all of a sudden they don't love you it's just, it's amazing so you just kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt yeah oh so guys you know we've just spent the the past hour this, this hour with um live with saint james um an incredible I am independent artist who's a writer, producer, uh, uh, and recording artist. Um, I've put in the chat the links to his um, his YouTube channel. But St. James, as we wrap up, can you just give everyone uh, the handles of where they can they can follow you and 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 keep in touch with you? Yes. Before I do that, I want to shout out my team, particularly my promotions team, uh, Miss Coco Reyes of Coco Reyes Entertainment, uh, Tasha Britton. Uh, my uh, promotion specialist, uh, my PR public relations person, uh, Jay Ross, the boss. Uh, you know, um, I got my engineer, my team, my pops, uh, Khalil Ross. Um, just so many people. My boy Max Caesar, my big, bro, my 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 little bro. He's a big little bro mm-hmm. out of Louisiana. Miss Cece, his lovely uh, lady, and uh, they've been really instrumental in helping me understand the streaming game. There's so much I didn't know, and and as you learn, meet people that really. Willing, willing to help you and teach you and, and support you. So I want to shout out those people and the DJs and, and of course the radio stations, digital radio stations that play my music. So many other people to thank. Thank you so much. Most importantly, uh, you can find me on my official website at stjames.com, S-A-I-N-T-J-A-I-M-Z.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, even LinkedIn, believe it or not. That's another <laughs> a good place for people. I'm telling you, if you want to network business-wise, not, not music, but business, LinkedIn is the place where you're going to find everybody in the music industry on LinkedIn that has some kind of credential or experience or connection. Wow. Oh, great. And um, no, 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 not at all. So just finally, you've got um, 
your new single that's dropped. What's the name of your new single that just dropped uh, this past week? Oh, my new single is You Should Have Told Me. Uh, you know, just due to a relationship where you think everything's good from your end, but someone on the other side is not happy and they, they didn't tell you until it's too late. Yeah. Wouldn't happen. So that's a really mm-hmm. dope. We're doing, good, doing really good, getting really good reviews. I'm excited about that. That's the first one of my first singles off the thro- uh, the R&B Remedy EP uh, and, and the St. James original. No cover, no remake. Yeah, guys, as I said, I can't stress it enough to to uh, to search uh, St. James and um, and just just let us know what you think um, about his music and about, um, you know, the, the fact that he is. I can't remember the first time we interviewed, you mentioned about keep, keeping you have, you're on a mission to keep R&B. I, I would not abort the R&B mission. He'd not abort the R&B mission. I would not abort the <laughs> mission <laughs> uh, yeah and 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 that's been true as i said he's been very consistent with his music and 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 stuff and so if there's anyone out there who's actually an aspiring artist or an established artist that wants um wants some support and and, and you actually are willing to put in the work and stuff reach out to saint james as i said jay chosen who uh, was a contestant on the voice he was actually part of um um Oh, what's her name from No Doubt? Uh, Gwen Stefani's Gwen team. Um, oh. He, yeah, he's he's um, he's he's you know he's been working hard, but he's you know he's teamed up with uh, with St James to to do some to do some some records, and and I can't wait for for that to come out. And and you know I've I've had Jay Chosen on on my show. He's he's mm-hmm. you know one of the, you know really loved his interview, really loved his background story, and he's really humble and and down to earth. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to help the collaboration with, with with the two of you and stuff but uh yes james it's it's really great to to to, to see it's really good to see from the lockdown to now still staying consistent and not changing and not chasing the quick buck but still grinding and, and as i said please guys just uh, follow just follow him check check his stuff out you won't be disappointed <laughs> with his music as, as i said you know the, you know most of the, most of the audience here you guys have grew up in the 90s and that was the music you were really into and and you we talk about missing that as i said you won't be disappointed if you if you follow his music and and um and just see the consistency of what he's doing so, <laughs> hey man it's good to see you buddy how you doing how's family how's everybody yeah yeah we we, 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 we yeah we've been doing we've been doing good it's um yeah, as I said, a, a lot, a lot's been, a lot's changed um, over the years and stuff. But um, the the thing that hasn't changed is the fact that we've been, we still love this music, and right. um, and and it's important that we we do promote and support artists like yourself who are really trying to push it through and and stuff and bring positivity because you know no one else is going to do it if we don't stick together and, and stuff like that. Right. Well, I appreciate your opportunity to be on your show. Halftime chat once again. Hey, great platform. Uh, make sure y'all subscribe. Click that subscribe and the bell on the YouTube right now. But it's the video on this channel. And I appreciate you, my brother. And God bless you guys out there in the UK and, and England and all of that, man. And uh, hey, I'm getting some UK traction finally with my records, man. This oh, new record well, and then you start to blow up on the UK. It's, it's just getting started. It's dropped it Friday, last Friday. So it's not even been seven days. So I'm, I'm going to go hard with the UK, but. They showing love over there already. With, uh, Jay. <laughs> I'm a, hey, Jay Ross, the boss, is putting in the UK work and <laughs> well. But man, I'm excited about this 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 new this original music because now people are going to finally get to hear my true sound as an original material for the next probably eight to ten records. 
Yeah, well, and it's good. As I said, you know, I also appreciate the fact that you you, you agreed to come on live because I've not done this before. I'm not, you know, it, um, the last time you know we had the the uh, the gardener show up and everything. So, but it flowed pretty good to me. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm a I'm a conversation. People probably think I talk too much, but most importantly, man, when you're communicating and articulating this in this business. And you have something to say. You just ain't no short answer here, man. This this industry is not a, 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 a there's not a there's a there's a long game. The music industry is a long game, not short. So yeah. I articulate that in my in my interviews is the way I communicate because you know people wait on 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 every word. Just like when I'm singing, now you're hearing me verbally talk and having some sense and being intellectual and articulate helps to to convey your message just as much as vocally singing. Yeah. Well, I think I guess thanks for God, St. James. And as I said, guys, check him out: Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and and especially his website because you know we want to support our independent artists. But as I said, he he he's got a lot of good stuff for us to listen to. So, right, I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll be back again. So not to worry, especially probably when Jay, when I bring in Jay Chosen, you know, yeah. you know, get you bring bring you in to, to to talk about the collaboration, and then we also we look forward to. The, the uh the, the Christmas stuff that you're gonna be releasing as well. My and Pop's new stuff. And I got he another artist, Tony Mosley, another R and B artist. Uh he's 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 up in the he's a about mid sixties, but he's like at that point, like the whole Charlie Wilson vibe, he's all into like a jail overt vibe. So Tony, I got a couple of records with Tony Mosley I did. He's about four million organic streams between both records in, in wow. less than six months. So you know it, 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 the the opportunity's there. We just gotta work. So yeah. I appreciate you man. Thanks yeah. again for getting on do it <laughs> yeah definitely but i appreciate oh. and guys thanks for tuning in live as i said this is probably one of the first of many that we will start to do but as i said st james is uh you know he's uh, started something new for us uh, on halftime chat and so uh, as i said please show him love please show him love and, and stuff <laughs> i'm a trace set get it baby he is I'm a good. trace set <laughs> he is a trace right. set